You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. A friend of a friend, and nowadays I tell people that he's my friend, like that, you know, it's just, but um, he's an associate pastor at Joshuaville, which is like our, one of our senior older churches, you know, but when we grow up, we'll be like them. But he's also someone who um, God has blessed um, in entrepreneurial uh, ventures, um, he's then, you know, and he provides leadership very quietly, very calmly. He's, he's a very blessed and anointed person. Um, they started something a couple of weeks ago where he's mentoring, I think it's a hundred young men. And I remember sending him a message on Instagram to say, you know, I would have loved to join this thing, but I see an age thing here. Would you guys think of me? And I think they, they kind of bounced me anyway. But God has graciously uh, brought him to us today. Would you welcome uh, to LifePoint for the very first time, Pastor Kola Oyene. Yes, he brings us God's word this morning. So let's put our hands together and keep celebrating him until he comes. Well, LifePoint, make some noise for the Lord. Unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ever imagine or ask according to the power that worketh in us to him be glory honor, dominion, adoration forever and ever for his kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom. His dominion shall be an everlasting dominion for is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. The one who was, the one who is, the one who is to come. Immortal, invisible, the only living, the only wise God. In him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. He's our eternal excellency, the joy of many generations. He's our engine of productivity. He's our high tower, the glory and the lifter up of our head. He's our morning, our afternoon, he's our night. Guess what? He's also our midnight. He's the one that lights our candle and puts it upon a hill so that we are not hid. Ladies and gentlemen, put up your hands and give it off to the one who is able to give life and the one who is able to take it. The one who is the owner of glory and the one who gives grace and gives ability. He gives strength to the weak and he gives wisdom to, to the foolish. The one who is able to empower, the one who is able to enable. He is Jehovah Jireh, the provider. He is Jehovah Nisi. He is Jehovah Ebenezer. He is Jehovah El Shaddai, the many-breasted one. The one who was in the beginning that said, let there be light and there was light. In the beginning there was that God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was, was void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The Spirit of God, this same Spirit moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light and there was light. He made us in His image and in His likeness we are. Life point, celebrate your God! Hallelujah! Please join me, stand up and just let's give Him the glory. Let's give him the honor. Let's give him adoration. You know, when, when, you, when you hear people introduce either you or, or someone else, and, and, and sometimes it is very easy for, for people like me to get carried away and think that, you know, um, they're really talking about you. Um, I always use this example of the donkey that, was, that, was, that, was being, uh, that Jesus rode triumphantly to Jerusalem. And... He sat on the donkey, and for the first time in this donkey's life, he was, he was being used. But the second thing that happened to the donkey was that the donkey just saw a lot of people throwing their things on the floor for, for it to pass on, you know, garments and gold and silver and palm trees. And I think that, you know, some of us act like that donkey because I think that the donkey got excited. You know, so because the Bible didn't tell us so, but, you know, I have a vivid imagination because I can imagine that donkey riding here. And the donkey must have been smiling inside. Oh, my goodness, look at me. I mean, I used to be tied down. and Look at people just like bowing down before me. And just look at me. Just look at me. I know if we're not careful, like the donkey, the donkey, I'm sure, instead of taking a step at a time, must have been skipping, you know, skipping. And thinking that all of this was for him. But, you know, it is very, very easy to get carried away. Not think that the donkey, no, 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 it is not about you. It is about the one that is riding you. So, so. So as, as sons and daughters of God and people of kingdom, and no matter what exploit that God is using us to do, it is very important that we, that we hide behind the one that is riding us. And that person is Christ Jesus. And the Bible says that it is, it is one that works in us both to will and to do of what? His good pleasures. So let's celebrate this God. And I don't know what he's using you for, but I'm sure he's using you in different things to do. Just celebrate him. So I give him all the glory. I give him all the honor. Come on, do it better. You can do better. Better. It's an outstanding God, so you give him an outstanding ovation. Let's do it better. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We we, we just want to bless your name. There's, there's such a sense of 
the spirit of worship in this house and, and I'm so I'm so forced to sing and I'm trying not to sing but if you allow me within the time that I have as well I would love to just say that let's just let's just worship him with a very simple song that you all know and it says you are great yes you are holy one oh you walked upon the sea raised the dead you reign, you reign, you reign in majesty. Mighty God, everything, everything, everything written about you. He's great. Oh, one more time, say you are great. Yes, you are great. Yes, you are. everything written about you is great everything we see about you is great everything we read about you is great everything we hear about you is great everything we feel about you is great and so we conclude heavenly father that you're such a great god in fact greatness is not enough to define you because your greatness all by yourself and so we celebrate your greatness and we worship your majesty I join life point this morning, oh God, to give you all of the glory, to give you all of the honor, to give you all of the praise. And Father Lord, we go into a time of the word. Oh God, I pray that you break the fallow grounds of our heart and make our hearts a, a receptor so for the seed of your word. Come this morning and speak, oh God. Make my tongue like the pen of a ready writer, ready to inscribe your word. I hide behind the cross so that no man will see me, but every eye, oh God, will be upon you, Jesus. Thank you, eternal Father. Blessed be your name, oh God. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. God bless you. You may please be seated. Be seated. God bless you. God bless you. Life Point Band. And, and this is a wonderful. I was asking Pastor Atris what they are called. And apparently, they just call Life Point Band. Let's celebrate this wonderful, wonderful guys. Amazing. Amazing voices and great instrumentals. Very, very awesome. I, 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 want, to, I want to appreciate um, Pastor Atris. For, for please let, let me help me appreciate him and, and put your hands together and celebrate the gift and the grace of God upon him. I've heard a lot about Life Point uh, from afar and from very close, and also, um, and I've been following what everything that you guys have been doing. Um, I, I am so excited about the about the things that God is doing here, the growth, and and just the fact that there are just so many destinies that are being shaped in this place, and and behind every vision is always a man, and so for for the man that God has set up for such a time as this, and who I was privileged to to meet for the first time, I think about two months ago. You know, I had a great conversation and. And, and all and, and I and since then not only do you think that I'm your friend I think you're my friend too so <laughs> you know so thank you so much and you know the, the mentoring thing don't, don't mind him he cannot come in he, we're bringing him to come and mentor us you know so it's the other way around so you can't you can't join us you know, we have to bring you to come and mentor us so God bless you and God bless your ministry and your wife in Jesus mighty name God bless you thank you so much for having me and Life Point you guys are wonderful uh, why don't you celebrate yourself this morning you know celebrate yourself you know i have a lot of friends in this place i'm trying to i'm trying to see their faces i know they are there you know i can see tolu at the law somewhere god bless you bro amen today i've been asked to speak about raising daniels 
raising Daniel's Christian leadership and a corrupt and a corrupt culture. And I'm glad that you know um, you've been you've been hearing a lot in November about leadership because one of the challenges that we currently have um, um, currently in every sphere. Um, that you can possibly imagine is, is a challenge of leadership. And this challenge exists both in nation, it exists in, in business, um, in enterprise space, in, uh, in, in entertainment space, it exists in, it exists in virtually every aspect of life that you can imagine currently. I mean, some are doing better than others, but you know, there's a leadership vacuum, largely. And I, I believe very strongly that God is, is, God is, God is shifting things in this time, and, and God, is, God is raising a new generation. They might not have emerged fully, but I think that, they, that, that God is preparing them, and he's using platforms like the, like the life point to prepare them. And some of you are here this morning, you're in that phase. You're in that phase of, of sort of like being in a, almost like in a, in a cave, or almost like in a, in, in a house and being hidden. You're in the backstage, and God is preparing you for the front stage. You know, you're in obscurity and God is preparing you for, for limelight. You know, God is, God is sort of pruning you, is shaping character, building strength. And some of the things that you're going through, they are not, they are not, um, they're not coming to break you down, but they are coming to make you up. Some of the things that you're going through, some of your pains and your emotional uh, um, um, stress and the, and the anguish and, and the losses that you've experienced and the scars, they are, they, are, they, are being, they are shaping you for you to be the kind of leader that God is looking for you see i always say that it is very very easy to find generous with stars that don't have scars you know and it is and i want to say to you that you should be aware of generous that have emerged who have stars but don't have scars because it is the scars that you develop today that you're able to share and tell people about us in terms of how you acquired your stars stars are easy to acquire you can buy stars if you have finance you can have money you can buy power if you have money you can buy anything but to acquire legitimate stars. You need to bear some scars. Very important. And that's why even our redemption, you know, have scars. Jesus has scars to show for our redemption. In, on his palms, on his legs. So the point is that where are your scars? And some of these scars are so important. But the thing is that because we live in a generation where people don't want to bear scars. We want it very easy. We want it very, you know, very easy. Just land it on the plate and give it to me and I'm ready to eat. But God does not work like that. God prepares people. And, you know, I love the, I love the thing which is raising Daniel because you will see shortly what God had to do with Daniel, where God found Daniel, how God raised Daniel, where he brought Daniel from. And my challenge, the reason I will not focus so much today on corruption or, or on even the vacuum of leadership is because there's something that is greater than that. Because I've come to believe that corruption itself is not that important. Because because what is more important is people who can counter corruption. Because I've come to realize that as long as there is salt, decay is time is time bounded. As long as there is wisdom, foolishness cannot exist. And the only way for light to define its relevance is when there is darkness. Wisdom, in fact, wisdom will never be able to prevail or define its relevance unless there is foolishness. The only way you appreciate water is when you are thirsty. You will never appreciate food unless you are hungry. So therefore, God has God has raise some of you as light not in the church but out there and the only way the world would appreciate that is Isaiah 60 that says arise now and shine for your light has come and the glory of God is risen upon you guess what it says in verse 2 it says that darkness may cover the earth gross darkness the people he said in that same space you will shine why because that's when light makes sense light does not make sense in light Light does not make sense when there is flood light everywhere. But let there be darkness and just introduce a little bit of light somewhere. Everybody begins to flow to it. And that's why it is important to understand that the time that we're living in is an exciting time. In fact, I like to say that just as Esther said, just as Mordecai said to Esther in Esther 4.14, that we are being raised for such a time as this. I believe very strongly that there is no better time to be born. I believe strongly that there is no better place to be born than Nigeria. And I believe that there's no better continent to belong to than the continent of Africa. I really believe it. I believe it with everything that I have, with, the, with everything that I do daily. That there's no better even state to be than Lagos. Because where you are right now is where God has planted you for you to be salt and for you to be light. Salt to preserve, light to show the way. It is very important that you understand that mandate. When you understand it, then you begin to walk in the consciousness of that mandate. Are you with me this morning? So that's the introduction. And now you need to understand that in leadership, and I heard that you've been learning how to, you know, you know, studying how Jesus led or leading like Jesus or how Jesus 
sort of like provided template for leadership. He said something that shaped my mind about leadership. And since I read this statement in Mark 10, 42 to 45, it, it sort of, Jesus sort of disrupted everything we know about leadership. And for every young person that, that, that used to think that leadership is about, about a position that I occupy or it's about, it's about the role that I'm giving, Jesus was saying that think different. Jesus said, and I'm reading from the ESV version, it says that and Jesus called them to, that's Mark 10, 42 to 45, and Jesus called, them, uh, called to him and said to them, you know that those that are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord, lord it over them, and great and their great ones exercise authority over them. But, I, but it shall not be so among you. But, who, but whoever will be great among you must be a servant. And whoever must be first among you must be slave of all. And it goes on and on and on that in that same scripture to talk about what it means to really lead. That to lead is not that you're necessarily the guy in front that everybody sees. That to lead is not, not necessarily that you're the guy that, you know, as they say now, you know, the guy that shines. You know, all the, all the sports light are down on you. But to lead sometimes that you have to sort of lead from behind. David was leading from behind way before he was introduced to leadership. He has spent time in the book of 1 Samuel 15, 16, you know, looking after, 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 after his father's sheep, right where no one was seeing him. Nobody wrote anything about him. There was, no, there was no Insta story about him. His pictures were not on Instagram. Nobody spoke about him. It was on the backstage. Nobody tweeted about what he did. In fact, David killed, um, killed the bear. Nobody noticed him. David killed the lion. Nobody saw anything until he got anointed. Until the time of preparation was done and then God introduced him to a real challenge that was about to announce him. And then he stood in front of Goliath, 1 Samuel chapter 17. And if you go and read it from verse 15, 16 and 17. And he made a statement to his brother when he said, is there not a cause? One of the most profound things that you found in leadership is that there must be a cause. A cause is what you live for. And a cause is also what you die for. A cause is what you give everything to. A cause is what you develop yourself towards. A cause is what you wake up, what wakes you up in the morning and keeps you up at night. A cause is what inspires you. A cause is what makes you pray. When pastor says, come to church between 9 and 10, we're going to pray. You're not coming to just come and pray because, uh, because well, there's nothing else to do on a Sunday morning. But because you know that there is a cause. This cause makes every child or every young man or every young woman get up because because they know that they've been called for something. So David stood and stood in front of Goliath, not only to knock Goliath down, because he knew that there was a cause. What was the cause? To preserve a kingdom. He had been anointed to be king. For him to be king, it was impossible for him to be king if Goliath, if, 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 if Goliath was going to take over the kingdom of Israel. Does that make sense? That was the cause. First question is, what is the cause? There has to be a cause. Is there not a cause? That was the question he asked. But he spent years to prepare for that leadership before he finally emerged as a leader. And so as we move on to Daniel, the word raising, I went to look it up, and you realize that it's an active word. It's not a word that is not, it didn't say that raise Daniel, which means, I mean, I can call, if anybody is Daniel here, I can raise a Daniel up. I can just bring you up. I've raised Daniel. But that's not what he's saying. Very easy to raise Daniel. Come and stand on the platform. But raising Daniel is a continuous process. It's an active word. It means to lift up. It means to elevate. It means to cause to stand up. It means to build up. It means to set up a framework to raise. So it's an active word that means that you continue to do it. It means to set in motion. And by the way, not only, not only would a platform like LifePoint raise Daniels, you as a Daniel, raise yourself. So everything I'm speaking about, I'm speaking to two platforms. I'm speaking to you as a standalone platform, and I'm speaking also as to Life Point as a church. So how does a Life Point, for instance, raise Daniel? It means that from here must develop a, a framework that will raise Daniels from here. And we'll see who a Daniel is. And how does a Kola raise Daniel? And how does a Shola raise Daniel in myself, in yourself? It means that I must be able to, one, lift myself up, elevate myself, cause myself to stand up. I must be able to build myself up. I must be able to provide some kind of framework that gets me to act like a Daniel. I must be able to set in motion. I must be able to activate certain qualities in me and in you that makes me a Daniel. I must be able to grow. I I was able to breed some characters in myself that will make me a Daniel. And he has seen on himself, and 
To raise also means to awake, to arouse, to activate, to incite, to elevate, to provoke. I like that one. I like provoke because, you see, young people don't like to be provoked. A lot of times when you say that, you know, I, I, I have a bunch of guys that I mentor. And every single time there is a deliverable that, that is supposed to be met and you, and we've agreed that you're supposed to be accountable. And I'm calling you at 7 p.m. on a Saturday evening because that's when you were supposed to deliver. That's when they go missing. Now, phones are switched off. You won't be able to reach anybody. By the, by the next day, you'll get a text to say, oh, last night, my, my, you know, we didn't have light in my house. So my, my, and I know that all of that was all fabrication. Right. So, so this is me trying to raise. And the person you are trying to raise is not rising up. So if you stretch forth your hands to me and I want to get you off from this way, but you're telling somebody else to please hold me down. How do you rise? So, so, so the point is that there must be some kind of willingness to rise. Very, very important. So and, and the reason I said that, let's not focus so much on what is out there. Let's not focus so much on darkness. Don't focus so much on corruption. And I'll get to how we deal with some of, some of those things. What do we need to do to thrive in that space? We'll talk about it. But can we for a minute just focus on ourselves? That if I just can get myself to a point where I believe very strongly that I begin to stand on a, on a pedestal that God has placed me, maybe, just maybe, corruption cannot stand up to me. Maybe, just maybe, darkness cannot withstand my light. And I believe, and I believe strongly so. And so, if you read the book of Daniel chapter, chapter 1 verse 4, the king made a specific request about who a Daniel was supposed to be. Specific. And this is very important. If you miss anything from this message today, there are three things, three things you must not miss. This is the first one. Daniel chapter 1 verse 4, the king was very specific about who a Daniel must be. Number one, he said a Daniel, if you read that scripture, it says young men in whom there was no what? Blemish. Please say blemish. Can I have the NIV version? So this is New King James. It says, in whom there is no blemish. The NIV version, I think it says, in whom there is no, no spot or no corruption. And that the message Bible says, in whom there is no, no, um, no guilt or, or, or something like that. So you go on, it says, in whom there is no blemish. It says, good looking. Now, this point about good looking is not necessarily about physical looks. Please understand that. Because you can, you can look good physically and be completely flawed character-wise. So, so the king was looking for someone who, yes, good looking, good to look upon. So you must be able to present yourself, understand palace protocol, understand that when you're going to see a king and you're entering some, into certain quarters, you just don't look anyhow. Are you with me? So the, there was a reason why Joseph had to change his garment when he was going to meet Pharaoh. Because he could not go into Pharaoh's palace in a prisoner's uniform. So, there must be a way that you look physically and internally. So, good looking. It says gifted. The, this is the New King James Version. It says gifted. And then it says wise, knowledgeable, a fast learner. That's the number six one. And the seventh one, it says service oriented. I'll go over it again. It's a blameless, good looking, gifted, wise, knowledgeable, fast learner, service oriented. Now, I don't, I don't know whether you look at yourself and you go, well, I'm not sure I have these seven. But you must be able to say there are five here that you, you possibly can have. Some people might say, you know what? I cannot do much about the way I look physically, which I don't agree with, by the way. Um, but I can do a lot about my knowledge. Because being knowledgeable is, 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 is something that you have to do by yourself. By the gathering and dissemination of information. The more you take in, the more you are able to dish out. So knowledge is directly proportional to amount, the amount of information that you have. They say that knowledge is power. I don't actually agree. I think that information is power. Because you see, until you have information, there is no knowledge. So information is extremely important. So the king said, I need someone that can process information, that can gather information. And you will see why this is important from Daniel chapter 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. The kind of information that Daniel had to process from dreams to visions. You know why that was important. But service-oriented, and you also see why that was also important. Daniel served under four kings. Four kings. And a particular one had to request for them to go and look for Daniel. Why? I'll show you shortly. And I'm moving very fast, so 
What is this Daniel leadership? What makes Daniel so unique? And we're not talking about anybody else in the Bible today but Daniel. What makes him so unique? One is that Daniel was a man of understanding. And please understand and know that Daniel was 17 years old when he was, when he was, when he was elected. He was 17. If you read the book of first, book of, not first Daniel, the book of Daniel chapter 1, verse 4, 5, and 6, you will see he was 17. He had been carried from Jerusalem or from Judah to Babylon as one of the fugitives that were taken captive. And so he was living in a Babylonian era, Babylonian kingdom, that was a very corrupt kingdom. He was the most powerful kingdom on earth at the time. But it was also the most corrupt kingdom on earth. Had powerful kings like King Nebuchadnezzar, King Dairos. And I hope I'm not speaking over someone today. Please understand, I need to go deep so that I can come back up. So he was speaking, he was dealing with people like King, King, King Nebuchadnezzar, King Darius, King Belshazzar. All of these different kings were powerful kings. And were strong kings that could take up, I mean, that could literally declare a, a, a mandate that would that wipe out an entire region. They were so powerful and they are taking Jerusalem um, uh, captive. So Daniel was a, was a Hebrew boy living in Babylon, but did not act like a Babylonian. So he retained his identity as a Hebrew. Not as a Babylonian. So please understand, Daniel. But, but because he was a man of understanding as the first point about his leadership because he had read in the scriptures, in the books, the Bible says, Jeremiah 29, 1 and 2, Jeremiah 30, 30. There was a prophecy that had gone ahead of Daniel that the kingdom was going to be taken captive for 70 years. And Daniel read this. So because some of you talk about Daniel's prayer, but we don't ask why Daniel really was praying. He had been taken captive at the age of 16. By 17, he was selected. But because he was acting like a son of Issachar that understood times. And this is important. Very important. Very important for everything I'm going to talk about today. Because you see, we live in a nation where everybody is asking, what, 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 what is going on? What am I supposed to do? What is my role in Nigeria, for instance? What is my role even in the church? But the Bible says that the sons of Issachar understood time. One of the qualities of Daniel's leadership is that he understood time. He could tell that the kingdom was taken almost 60-something years ago when it was about 78. When Daniel, when it was about 68 years, Daniel started to pray because he knew that the time of deliverance had finally come. Second thing was that Daniel was a man of prayer. Daniel chapter 1 verse 3 um, verse 1 to 3 and verse 16, you will see him literally opening his door and praying towards Jerusalem. That's how you will know. So for some of you who want to obtain positions of leadership, sometimes you have, to, you have to stand alone as a leader and do some things alone as a leader. He wasn't praying with anyone. He was by himself praying towards Jerusalem. Why? Because he had an understanding from the first point that Jerusalem was going to be taken back from Babylon. The third thing was that Daniel was a faithful leader. Faithful leader, faithfulness in terms of commitment, in terms of anything that was given to Daniel. If you spend and read your time and, 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 read, and read the book of Daniel between chapter 2, 3, and 4, you will see what was spoken concerning him. I will read one shortly. Four kings, Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, Dairos, Cyrus, the, the Persian, he served under four kings. One of them in particular, Dairos, had to go and fetch and look for Daniel. Why? Have you ever asked why? I mean, there were other people. Why Daniel? Verse 4, point 4, Daniel was a man of wisdom. Daniel chapter 1, if you read from verse 11 to 14, wisdom. Wisdom in telling, in telling the, 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 the king's man to, to say to him, that look, let's not eat the king's meat. Just try us with, 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 with vegetables and see what will happen. Come and test us and, and check in 10 days. Now, you see, we live in a generation where we are, a generation that is very confrontational. Every single thing, somebody that is older says, you, you say back, you have a point back. Because, you know, everybody can now talk. Everybody has a social media handle. Everybody has an opinion on everything. You know, and, and I'm sorry, my message might be a little too, might be a little too conquer. I'll come down a little bit. But, you know, if we're really going to grow, because a lot of times there's, there's this whole thing about, well, I'm still young. I'm only 21. I'm only 22. I'm only 25. Well, breaking news. Daniel was 17. Daniel was 17 when he was chosen. David was 18 when he was anointed. He became king over, over, over a portion, over Hebron at 30, and became king over the whole of Israel at 38. Joseph became prime minister at 30. So really, you are not really that young. 
But because we have an opinion on everything, you would take somebody older than you on and begin to blast them. You know, but I found, I've come to realize that there is a kind of wisdom that positions your argument in such a way that it is not defensible. So that's the kind of wisdom we need to operate in. Give me 10 days. Let's eat vegetables. Come back and check. If we don't look better, we'll, we'll eat the king's portion. Wisdom. Five, Daniel was a man of deep convictions. Deep conviction. Every single time he interpreted dreams, he would tell you this is what is going to happen. He was convinced about everything God showed him. What is your conviction? What is your conviction about purpose? What is your conviction about your life? What is your conviction about what God has called you to be and do? What is your conviction about your ministry? What is your conviction about Nigeria? I was asking a few guys that, you know, what, what, do, you, what do you think is special about Nigeria? You know, when you, when you think about the when you think about the U.S., I said, what, 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 is the, what, what comes to mind? I said, well, you know, innovation, creativity. They were so convinced. I said, when you think of Germany, what comes to mind? I said, oh, Germany, football. I said, well, not quite. Well, football, yes, but not, not quite. I said, what else? He said, well, efficiency. I said, yeah, I like that. Efficiency, precision. I said, when you think of, when you think of Nigeria, See, see, I can already tell. I wish I could pass a mic around. You know, I so said, when you think of Nigeria, what comes to mind? The first thing they say is corruption. And, you know, I was, so, I was a little upset because I, I think that that's the, that's the only thing that we see. And the only thing that we see, and because we see it so vividly, we, we don't even make any attempt to feel that there's something that we can counter corruption with. We don't even think that we have an answer for it. We think that it's so prevalent that it's better to just leave corruption there and let me just be here. But we don't know that corruption is actually right where you say you want to be. So, so, but I'm like, have you thought about our resilience as a nation? The fact that you wake up in the morning, 4 a.m. in the morning, 4.30, and get on the bus for those that are working and travel two hours to get to work. And do the same thing again and again in traffic, sun, light, moon, you will travel, rain. Have you thought about the fact that when, if despite what the lecturer said that you are not going to graduate, somehow you graduated. Have you thought about the fact that everything that has been thrown at you, whether spiritually or physically, physically you counter. Have you thought about the fact that your prayer life has been built up simply because you know that there's enemy in the village? That's by the side. <laughs> you know, but the fact that there's a spirit in a Nigerian. That, 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 is just, that just makes us so resilient, that makes us so bold. Every single time I travel and I go out of this country and I enter anywhere, and they see, I mean, people automatically know. You only need to do two things. Either shake somebody or talk. Are you Nigerian? They know. They know. And because apart from the fact that statistically, one in every, one in every five black people is Nigerian. So, so they know. But because, we, because there's, there's that uniqueness about us, we are resilient. We carry something different. Our DNA is different. And so therefore, what is, you've, but you've got to be convinced about it. You've got to know that there is something here for me. And I was raised and born for such a time as this. Six, Daniel was a man of vision. Daniel was a man of vision. There's Daniel 10.7. I want us to read that one. Daniel was a man of vision. Daniel 10.7. You know, they, some people call it prophecy. This particular one, I call it vision, the ability to see far. Daniel 7, Daniel particularly told the king that this is what is going to happen specifically. Whether you like it or not, give me Daniel 7. Whether you like it or not, this is what will happen in the next few years. And you better prepare for it because I believe very strongly. I've seen it with my eye of the spirit and I know that it will come. So it says that in the first year of Belshazzar, king of, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head while on his bed. Then he wrote them down telling the main facts. Verse 2. Let's go and Daniel spoke and said, in my vision by night, behold, the four winds. And if you go on and on and on and get to verse 10, I think he said to himself that God showed me a vision that only, only I, verse 7, verse 7, he says that God showed me a vision. And this I saw in the night vision. And behold, a fourth beast. I don't think that's what I'm looking for. But it's a verse that says that only I, Daniel, saw this vision. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. So God showed, God was showing visions to people. There was Shadrach, there was Misha, there was Abednego. But somehow, Daniel will see a vision that only Daniel saw with everybody around. A man of vision. 
Question is, what is your vision? What do you see? And, verse seven, and, and, and the seventh one, Daniel was a man of the spirit. But it was one of the things I loved this morning about him. You see, we live in a time where there are a lot of very, very funky churches. And I'm trying, I'm trying to be careful here. A friend of mine was going to Abuja and put on Facebook and said, um, I need you to please recommend a church for me or to me in Abuja. I'll be there on Sunday. Caveat. No bling bling. It's funny, but it's actually not funny. So, so we now know that there are, there are churches that are bling bling focused, whatever bling bling is, and there are churches that are kingdom focused. One of the things that I saw that I noticed when I walked in here today was, one, I saw the spirit of worship, and I saw prayer. And those two things you can never defeat. Those two things, they are the things that prepare Daniels. They prepare Josephs. They prepare David. They prepare Esthers. They prepare Ruth. They prepare Deborahs. They prepare people. They prepare, he prepared Jesus. Those two things you don't joke with. You can go, with, you can go anywhere where there's all kinds of things happening. All kinds of bling bling. All kinds of, but really, are you being prepared? Are you being prepared? So I was very excited about that. And you see, where those two things are, there's a thought thing that will emerge from that place. The Spirit of God. Daniel was a man of the Spirit. Was a man of the Spirit. The Bible says that, he says that Daniel was speaking at the time in Daniel chapter 5, verse, verse 12 and 14, that the Spirit of, that, 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 when the king was looking for Daniel, Daniel, Daniel chapter 5, from verse 12 to 14, he says that I'm looking for a man whose Spirit Whose who, 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 the, a man that carries a spirit, and he was describing the spirit. He said, Inasmuch as an excellent spirit, knowledge, understanding, interpreting dreams, solving riddles, and explaining enigmas were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belshazzar, now let Daniel be called, and he will give thee the interpretation. If you read forward, he started to explain the kind of spirit that was upon Daniel. So I've come to realize that everything that I read to you that Daniel was about was actually carried out by a spirit. So, so everything that, that embodied Daniel, Daniel leadership was done by the Spirit. So the Spirit, the Spirit enabled Daniel to be a man of prayer. The Spirit activated excellence in Daniel. The Spirit activated wisdom in Daniel. The Spirit activated power in Daniel. The Spirit activated authority in Daniel. And I'm here to see a man that carries the Spirit of God that does not operate in those, in those, in those, in those areas. It is almost impossible. And so the point as a new generation is, and it's very easy, and this is not, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not an exciting message. I can come here and motivate and inspire, and you go and feel, and you go home and feel all, you know, and then on Monday morning you forget. But I must leave you with something. And that thing is that there is a spirit in man, the scripture says, the breath of God that giveth him life. And until as a generation we arise and know that only that spirit can cause you to begin to function in the place that God has called you to be. So that corruption, darkness, foolishness cannot withstand your superiority. We have, we have not arrived. It is important to understand that the only reason, the only thing that can make us, the Bible says that they that know their God shall be strong and they, that, they shall do what? Exploit. And I say that those that, don't know their, those, those that don't know their God shall be weak and they shall be exploited. Because there is only one way to be fruitful, multiply, replenish, yes, subdue it, have dominion. Genesis 1, 28, because it says that in verse 27, it says, and God bless them. So there's a place that is so significant and important from God and in God that we must dwell in. And that place is the place of the spirit. Daniel carried a spirit and that spirit allowed him to function across board. That same spirit was in Jesus when he said that the spirit of God is upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the, to the poor, to, to bind the brokenhearted, to, to, to proclaim liberty to them that are bound. You know, all of these different things that we're talking about in leadership are made possible by the Spirit of God. And then somebody is asking me that, but I know people who are not born again. I know people who are not spirit-filled, who are not tongue-talking, and they are operating. And, and you see, I mean, they have leadership skills. They are able to emerge. They are able to do all of these different things. And I say, yes, I know, I know. But the thing is that, the thing is that, They've been, they've been given a platform. A platform that is... That, so, two things. As long as you believe in light and darkness, and as long as you believe in wisdom and foolishness, as long as you believe in, in, in lies and truth, you also need to believe that there is a kingdom of God and there is a kingdom of darkness. 
you belong to one or you belong to the other. Is that how you belong to one or you belong to the other? So is that how you're operating here? And everything that enables them here will, will, will enable you to a, to a point, but there's an end to it. Or you operate here, and everything that, that should enable you here will also enable you. But the problem we have a lot of times is that we're somewhere in between. You're neither here drawing from the inspiration of the kingdom of darkness or here drawing from the inspiration of the kingdom of light. We're somewhere always, a lot of time, in between. And so you are at a disadvantage. And I always say to young people, make up your mind. Make up your mind. There's no point coming to church if you're really not going to be a Christian. Because no matter how long you park a bicycle in a car park, it will never become a car. And no matter how long you spend in the house of God, in a church, without really living out the values we've spoken about that are given by the Spirit, you're not really a Christian. Does that make sense? So, so the point is that we've got to make up our minds. If you're really going to emerge and counter everything that is out there that, 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 is, that is proposing for you not to emerge, you've got to be on the right side. You've got to be on the right side. And I've come today to tell you that there is a process for you to be on that right side. And so the king said to Daniel, or the king said to, in Daniel chapter 1, I think it's verse 4, verse 3, verse 4, when he called, in verse 3, he said to his, one of his guys and said, look, we need a man that can, we need a few guys from these Hebrew guys. And this is the specification. So the first thing is that to raise these Daniels, or for you to emerge as a Daniel, one is there is a process of raising, which is the king decided that there has to be a few guys that can do the following things. They've got to be a few guys that can interpret dreams. They've got to be a few guys that can build. They've got to be a few guys that can develop. They've got to be a few guys that can come up with witty inventions. They've got to be a few guys. It's like LifePoint getting up and Pastor Idris says, you know what, I, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, wh why, why, why can we not come up with some groundbreaking inventions? Why can some guys here not, not develop some amazing apps that will, just, that will just like sweep Nigeria off its feet? Why can we not come up with some, and he says, you know what, we've got to find them. We've got to raise them. There's got to be that deliberate decision to raise. So King Nebuchadnezzar said, we've got to raise them. So a leader gets up and says, we've got to raise them. Or somebody gets up and says, I've got to rise. Can you see the difference? Two things. Is that how you get up and say, you know what? I've got to rise. And then you begin to do everything that is required to rise. Or someone decides and says, we've got to raise people. And the second thing is that there is always a people that will raise other people. So what the king said is, uh, you know, if you, go to, if you go to verse 3, the king and Ashpinas were the two people who were having a conversation about raising people. They had to go and find the Daniels of this world and then begin to engage them. And the third thing is that they were very specific about the kind of leaders that they wanted to raise. Three things, very important. The first thing is that they've got to be that deliberate decision to raise the people that must raise them or someone who decides to raise. And the third thing is that there must be a quality or a set of qualities of the type of leaders that will emerge. And so I see people sitting in front of me this morning. And I know there is a hunger on the inside. Hunger on the inside to rise and be a leader. And sometimes it's not necessarily a leader that stands and picks up the microphone to lead people. Sometimes it's not a leader that stands and has a hundred, two hundred, a thousand, a million people following them. A lot of times it starts with self-leadership. Self-leadership is the ability to be able to look at yourself and govern your behavior. It's the ability to be able to know what time to wake up and what time to go to bed. As simple as some of these things sound, you'll be amazed at how difficult it is for many people. It is the ability to know what time to go off Instagram and what time to go off Facebook. It is the ability to know what time to not be on WhatsApp and talk to and chat with anybody and what time to come on and have a conversation. It is the ability to know what duties are, are, are required to be done before the end of the day today and what must be done by tomorrow morning. It is the ability to know what kind of conversation to engage in and what kind of conversation to turn away from. It is the ability to be able to look at, to be able to self-govern and self-control. It is the ability to be able to know what you comment on and what you keep quiet on. They say that sometimes it is better to keep quiet and assume a fool than to open your mouth and remove every atom of doubt. 
It is wisdom sometimes to stay away from evil than to try and negotiate with the absence of evil. It is wisdom sometimes to engage only good and not trying to see that. Let me try and see what the absence of evil is. It is wisdom sometimes, sometimes to, to really know that I don't have the capacity to engage in an act. So all I need to do is flee from that act. It is, it is wisdom, extreme wisdom, to know that the fact that my friend can handle a bottle or two bottles of a particular content does not mean that it is good for me and I can handle it. It is wisdom to know that the fact that somebody is able to eat meat does not mean that I can crack the bone. It is wisdom and knowledge and understanding to know that information is required for me to be able to build knowledge and I must find that information. It is wisdom and knowledge to know that to counter everything that says that I will not rise, I must be able to build a greater force. Because the day a man or a woman decides to rise, every negative force on earth conspires against your rising. And you must understand that. It is important to know that, like I said earlier on, that wisdom will not make sense unless there is foolishness that is thriving. Therefore, the Bible says that, it says that let your light so shine not before the pastor. Let your light so shine not within the four walls of the church. Let your light so shine not in front of your parents. Let your light so shine not even amongst your friends. Let your light so shine not in your home as a husband. Let your light so shine not only in your, in your school. Let your light so shine not just around your neighborhood. He said, but let your light so shine before all men that they will see what your good works and give glory to God in heaven. The spirit of leadership and the spirit of the kind of Daniel leadership is a kind of spirit that shines light everywhere they go. And so I'm here today to speak to you about the only thing, as I close, that makes light shine. The only thing that can cause your light to break forth. The only thing that can cause you to emerge. The only thing that I have seen, tasted, and tested over the years that have caused young people that didn't have the ability to emerge, to emerge. David, emerged, David came out and until he got anointed. And the Bible says that the moment he was anointed, that the Spirit of God came upon David from that day forward. Not that. The Spirit of God came upon David from that day forward. Then... You, and why are we surprised that David did so much? And then the moment Jesus got baptized, the Bible says that there is a spirit that came from heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Understand that, look, the, the dispensation of the Old Testament was the dispensation of the Father. Dispensation of the New Testament was the dispensation of the Son. And the Son left and said that, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will give the Holy Spirit to you. And I'm sure that life point must have been teaching about the spirit because if I heard that you'll be praying in the Holy Ghost for one hour, then you'll be teaching about the Holy Ghost. Then you'll be teaching about the spirit because it is the spirit that is the engine of productivity. It is one that causes you to produce. It is one that gives you the ability to come up with witty inventions. Jesus said to his disciples that I must give up the ghost so that the Holy Ghost can come. So he gave up the ghost and then the Holy Ghost came. The Holy Ghost came, Acts chapter 1 verse 8. It says that don't go anywhere, but you shall receive power. Not before, but after that the Holy Ghost has come upon me. Then you will be able to lead. Then in verse 2, the Bible says that when the day of the Pentecost was fully come, it says that the Spirit came and they were all in one accord. There was a sound as of a rushing mighty where there was an earthquake. And then the Holy Ghost came upon all of them and they began to speak with new tongues. And guess what? The, the church started to emerge. For the church to emerge, the Spirit of God had to come. For you to emerge, my friend, the Spirit had to come. But I've come to realize that the Spirit does not come. It's called the Holy Spirit. It's called the clean Spirit. It's called the, it's called the, it's called the pure Spirit. The Spirit does not come on unholy, impure, and unrighteous verses. And so this morning as I close, it's very simple. We can be Daniels. We can be Esthers. We can be Josephs. We can be Jesus, of course. But it takes one thing and one thing alone. And for us to rise and emerge as leaders, I personally, I mean, I've taught on leadership. I, I mean, I will have come with presentation and showed you uh, seven, seven skills, seven things you have to build to become a leader or seven ways to leadership. I've only I've, I've, I've found one way. Everything has been pointing back in the last three years to one way alone. At the moment I started to operate with that one way, 
it is unbelievable the ability that came on me and the things that I've been able to do simply because I just everything pointed back to the Spirit. And so I came to speak to somebody today to say, you need the Holy Spirit. You need the Spirit. And so our prayer is very simple this morning as we all rise up on our feet. You just want to say, Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you to cause me to emerge. I need you to cause me to arise. But I've also come to realize that some of us are praying that the Holy Spirit cannot come on some people unless they first sort out the first part of leadership is to take a step. That step is a step to say, you know what, I, I, I have been coming to church. I've even answered some calls in the past that I didn't quite understand. But now I, I know that for my life to really make sense, for me to be who God has called me to be, I've got to carry a spirit. And those are people with all eyes closed. Those are people that are simply saying to God, one or two, three, four, five people that will say, Lord, I just know that I need to fix some things with you. Just wherever you are, put your right hand on your chest and we're just going to pray together. Put your right hand on your chest. We're going to pray together. Thank you. God bless you. I can see the hand on your chest. We're going to pray together. Your right hand on your chest. God bless you. God bless you. The rest of us are just praying that Holy Spirit, I just need more of you. I need you on my life. I need you to rise. I need you to emerge. And if your right hand is on your chest, just very quickly, just take a step forward. Take a step forward here. God bless you. 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 Your right hand on your chest. God bless you as you come forward. God bless you. 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 And the rest of us, just if you can pray in the Spirit, it's a good time to just begin to say, Holy Spirit, I just need more of you. God bless you. God bless you. Now, this is not, this is not a church membership call. This is not a call to even just come and excite, excite you. Or No, no, it's a call for people who know that I just need to, I just know for me to rise, for me to emerge. I need more of the Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. And for the Holy Spirit to come on me, some things have to shift in my life. I've got to repair some things. I've got to set my foundation straight. Come forward. Please come forward. Come forward. Come forward. Come forward. The rest of us just spend time and say, Librande, Kazita, Libri, Garaba, Shande. And then if you can pray, just say, Holy Spirit, just come on me. Come on me. Come on me. I need you. I need you. The spirit of excellence, the spirit of power, the ability of God that never fails. I need you. I need a new measure of you. And those in front, please come close. 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 And we're just going to pray together. Come. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Just repeat after me and say, Heavenly Father, I come before you. I come before you. I submit myself under your leadership. I desire to emerge. I desire to rise. But for me to rise, I need you in my life. Right now, I open up my heart come into my heart, come into my life, take me over let me become yours you become mine completely in Jesus name Amen it is so simple and I will just pray with you Eternal Father thank you for these your sons and daughters thank you because you've called them to yourself oh God and your word says that he that comes unto you you will in no wise cast away please don't cast them away, receive them oh God, cause them to rise cause them to emerge pour your spirit upon them in, 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 in measures, oh God, that we've never seen or known before. Thank you, Father, because they are yours and you're theirs. In Jesus' name. And the rest of us, please just raise up your hand. Please, while you stand, raise up your two hands and just and just ask for more of him. Ask for more of him. As, as a Daniel in this generation, ask for more of him. 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 Say, I just need more. More of you. I just need more of you. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.